Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. In this world, and they made me a monster. It cost you. What's up, man? Hey, Mr. Villa. How you doing, Mr. Cribs? Hey, man, I'm doing well. It's part two. We're taking this conversation of personal branding and we're pushing it on the ledge. Yeah, we're pushing it. We're pushing it. Hey, some said we didn't go far enough, so here you go, man. We're taking it and we're gonna push this bad boy onto the ledge. You're gonna be little feet, your little toes. You're gonna have some big toes. They're gonna be hanging up. Your toes are gonna grip the side of the, the side of the ledge, and it'd be you know what you're better off for in one time in your life and have a little corn on the on, on the edge of your toe that can oh, wow. grab onto the ledge and hold on. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think if I was standing on a ledge, I would want my toes to be able to curl up and grab on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It makes my toes hurt thinking about it. it makes my feet hurt. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Well, you and I've got to jump into it in four minutes at three thirty-five. In four minutes, we're going to bring the first panel on. we got two panels today of five. We have ten experts. We have dealers and automotive sales professionals alike. They're going to come on and join this show. We're doing personal branding part two. And honestly, guys, it's because of you. Listen, it was such in demand from two weeks ago that we continued this conversation. Um, and here's what's really cool. There's only a couple of people. Of course, we, we you know they all would have been back on, but there's only a couple of people that were on the panel initially. So yeah, we went out and panel, grabbed... Yeah. Eight additional people to come on and join this panel today. On the Ledge, Personal Branding, Part 2. What do you say, Dave? I say I think we're going to hear a lot of new perspectives because, just like you said, we have uh, guests that weren't on the first panel. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to, based on what I kind of like preliminary researched, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to hear some different uh, perspectives. So I'm excited about that. Me too, man. If you're on Twitter, we're doing something special today in, in, in honor of personal branding. We're going to be giving away a free brand makeover. You heard it right, a free brand makeover, and uh, we can do it right here, man. It's going to be amazing. Listen, this is, this is a wow. big deal right now, a free brand makeover to the top influencer on Twitter. Uh, you're going to get to see this as it's going on, I think, three or four times our crew is actually going to be sending the results out through the show, I think, every 15, 20 minutes to let you know who's ahead. And listen, it's not based on how many followers you have. It's based on how many influencers you can gather. So tweet, use the hashtag AutodealerLive, and we're going to give that away, and we're announcing it at 530. It's going to be a very, very cool deal. And we can even unveil it on the show here uh, when we have the, uh, when you guys, you know, when we, when we have everything nailed down. Um, as far as your new brand, that's awesome. Or is that something we're doing in house? Yeah, brand makeup? absolutely. Awesome. Man. Yep, got awesome. the crews excited about. It. So they're dedicating time, and um, and it's Sweet. really going to be cool. And we're de- we're and we're actually unleash that brand online and bring that winner on the show and let them talk about it. That is so we'll awesome. make a big deal about it. So it's going to be 
they're going to get a they're going to get a brand new brand. That's cool, man. That's cool. <laughs> hey, man, let's talk about some other shows that are coming up here. Um, yeah. r- really quick, we only have a couple minutes. Yeah, we you know we we had a uh, an overwhelming response to last week's show, mm-hmm. which was is the road to the sale dead. So uh, we're going to be we're going to have be kind of revisiting that in a way, but a little bit different take. We're going to be talking about uh, which road to the sale do we take, and uh, we'll have some amazing guests weighing in on that. Uh, kind of uh, coming off of that last show. So um, after that is the Great American Automotive Panel. Yeah, yeah. The the gap the gap show. Um, Great American Automotive Panel. Every month we have a Great American Automotive Panel. Uh, this month, we're actually going to be doing something really, really cool. We've got some special guests, and it will not be us. It's not going to be biased and so forth. But we're going to be talking about, is direct mail dead? We're going to have some people that have some very, very uh, uh, strong opinions on this. And we're going to be, ta- I think this is going to get hot and heavy. We're going to do our best to sit back and watch it and uh, moderate it. Then we've got something really, really cool coming up. And, in, 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 you know, we're announced the guests because actually... Um, Subi, who's going to be on the panel today, is in charge of actually picking the guests. But we're going to do the Women Who Rock Auto uh, show again. We had an amazing show that last time. That was such time. a great show when we did that uh, the previous time. And uh, it, it blew up on uh, social media as well. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to do, I mean, we have shows coming up all the way through August. Can you sell cars through social media? Dealers, we're going to put this out there right now. Uh, we have a couple. But if you sell cars via social social media I, i'm talking to dealers and you can help dealerships with a best practice then we're doing a show on selling cars through social media and we want to talk to you about that as well and then i love the uh the other one that we have here the last one that we're willing to announce today yeah this is cool yeah keep it or crush it we're going to be talking about uh you know basically what the business where the business is going where it's evolving um our, some of our processes like you just mentioned before best practices um, it'll kind of run parallel to, to that type of theme. But the idea here is, you know, what do we need to lose? What mm-hmm. do we need to get rid of? What do we need to trash? Keep it. <laughs> or, and what do we need to keep? What do we need? You know, there are some oh, things that they may be old, but mm-hmm. they need, they're, they're necessary. Absolutely. So, so we're going to keep some things and crush some things. So that'll be cool. It's going to be cool. So stay tuned for a great, great show. Listen, the next up, and this is the first of two panels. Here on Auto Dealer Live today, we're going to do personal branding part two. We are on the freaking ledge right now on the first panel. The next up, we got Ryan Holtz, we got Mike Davenport, Keith Wilkerson, and Matt Lasco. Guys, thanks for being with us for the first of two panels today. Uh, man, I, I, I just really want to thank you guys. And um, we're looking at Mike Davenport here. I mean, he looks like a boxer in a freaking in a locker room getting ready for a fight. What's up, guys? How you doing? Awesome, man. Well, we're going to jump right in, and we just appreciate you guys weighing in on this subject. We've got tons of feedback on it. We're actually going to give away uh, today uh, to a winner, so we got a lot of people tweeting about this. Uh, we're going to give away a, a personal branding makeover, uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. That's happening on the show today, too. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I want to go straight to Matt Lasco because there was something that on the previous show uh, when we uh, addressed personal branding, have you gone too far? Uh, Matt weighed in, and, and as a dealer, you know, I, I kind of posed the question of, you know, sh- should a dealer have some say mm-hmm. in the social branding that's going on? You know, should they be monitoring it? Should they be concerned about it? And Matt kind of weighed in, and, and Matt, you may remember one of the things that you said uh, that I really wanted to expand upon was the fact that, um, and and I don't know if this is an, a regional thing in your state or, or what that looks like, but uh, you mentioned that, um, 
you know, allowing the salesperson to have that liberty or freedom to brand as they want on social media, if they say something that isn't in line with uh, where you're at as a dealer, the liability kind of lies on them instead of on you. Is that, is that the case, Matt? Well, I think that the, the biggest part of it is, is that there, if you're going to get involved and control any part of it, if you're going to say, I'm going to own your Facebook website if you want to brand yourself, or I'm going to own your Twitter or whatever it may be, then you as a dealer become liable for everything they put up. So there's no more putting up, uh, hey, 299 lease, call me. Uh, that doesn't work. Um, and that's the part I was trying to point out is the second you get involved in social media as a dealer, you've got to protect it. Now, us as a dealer, because we know that our salesperson could be liable, we try to make all of our salespeople come through our dealership for any ads they're trying to develop. That way, we can give them the right compliance uh, verbiage to put inside their ad, and they can disclose it the right way. Because remember, we're on social media, and you're reaching out to the people you know. So there's no reason to be gimmicky or, or sly. These are people you know. You want to be transparent and tell them what's really going on. Yeah, and you know, let me ask you this, Keith. I, mean, I know you weighed in last uh, two weeks ago on Twitter regarding um, – Regarding this, I mean, you're a dealer as well, and you know, so I understand. You know, I'm sure you're opinionated re- regarding this matter. I mean, w- is there any concern? I mean, I know that we are we, again. We're gonna we're not gonna hammer home the negative here. We're gonna talk about the issues. But is there any concern on the dealers end, Keith? You know, for somebody leaving the dealership, you know, and 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 maybe hurting the dealership, is that a concern or is that anything that we need to worry about? Well, it can be a concern, um, and I, I appreciate you guys having me on today. Uh, it can be a concern for a dealership. Obviously, you know, if someone builds a, an excellent brand and, you know, the examples you, you had at the previous show with, you know, Laura Madison and Elise uh, Adame, um, they are were fantastic in creating their own personal brand. And, and when they leave the dealership, you know, there there could be, you know, just a slight void. I mean, you have Mike on, on the show today, and, and he's built an amazing brand at Bachman Chevrolet in Louisville. And, and, you know, if, if, if he ever were to leave that dealership, you know, there, there could be a slight void. You know, obviously a dealership's going to go on, but there could be a void of lost sales or, or maybe just the culture's not going to be quite the same when you have someone like Mike or like Elise or like Laura who, uh, you know, they put, they put themselves out there so well and present themselves so well that they, um, you know, that there's, there's, a, there's no way to really, you know, recapture you know, what they brought to the table at that particular dealership. Mike, you're here, and you heard what Keith just said, and obviously you're a hammer there. Um, you know, what, what do you have to say about that? I mean, speak to the owners out there. Mike, I know you've got a lot of other things to say as well, but just address this at first. I mean, what should an owner do? What does an owner need to do, you know, to really have a great relationship with someone like you? And, and what if you do leave? What, is it, what does it do to a dealership? Well, I think um, the first thing that uh, Matt said was very, very valid, that, uh, hey, if a salesperson just thinks that they're going to put these payments or car payments out there, that, that, that can hurt the dealership because ultimately if uh, any type of suit happens, the salesperson doesn't have their deep pockets, uh, you know, last go forward, Bachman Chevrolet, so on and so forth does. Um, and I, and I, and a lot of the, a lot of people follow me on, on social media. I really don't throw out payments on what I do. I throw out my product knowledge. I throw out. Why did you do business with me? So I think that a salesperson needs to really go after why did you do business with me? Not that I got the lowest payment, not that I got the best price. Why did you do business with me? So I think that kind of throws that out of the realm, even though it's 100% valid. And when you throw out a lease payment as a, as a former manager in this business, um, I know the legality and, and, and stuff there. So I kind of 
know my limits and know my ropes to not get into issues like that. Um, as far as what Keith said with salespeople um, hurting the dealership, that can happen, and there's always a million reasons on on how it can happen. But uh, I think obviously with with um, with the two people that are brought up, um, Laura and Elise. Um, I don't think there was any. I never saw any any negative backlash once they left their dealerships to hey, go hey, on Mike, to, their, to their new career. Mike, this is Matt Lasko. I got a question for you. On the, on, and this isn't my eyes, uh, not the dealer hat, but in, in in the sale case for the salesperson. Don't you think that those two girls probably as wonderful a job as they did and what they built, they also brought all that to the dealership. So even if they leave and part of what they built leaves the dealership, some of those clients that got stole or sold are going to stay at the store and service at the store, and someone else in the company has a chance to come in and replace them and develop that brand. But sometimes we're so worried about what we lose, we're, we, we lose credit to the fact that these people are, in most cases, reaching out to a social network that those dealers never had any touch to. So before you're afraid to lose someone, Maybe you embrace the fact that these salespeople are really bringing something special to your company that you never had before. Good point. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, point. absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, got, I have to chime in on this. Uh, this is Ryan. Go ahead, um, Ryan. I think I, I think that we talk about personal branding sometimes in the automotive community like it's a virus. <laughs> and you know, I have to say, you know, and I, I got to be pretty candid. I find it very disrespectful and selfish to be in sales or to be in our industry and really think that you know, everything's just going to kind of come to you. So, you know, it's kind of marketing 101 where, you know, you have all these social channels. And, you know, if I'm a dealership owner, for sure, i got to, you know, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's, and there's a lot of legalities that, that fall suit. But personal branding is absolutely amazing. And, I mean, you know, to have a salesperson really, you know, get from looking out the window waiting for the next train to roll by and really take matters into their own hands is, a, is an absolutely phenomenal thing. And, you know, Matt, uh, or sorry, uh, Matt brought up a good point, you know, asking Mike, saying, you know, how does this change the culture inside the dealership? I think it changes the culture because we all know that on the sales floor, you have some people that are, you know, almost lazy. You have some people that are kind of not lazy. And then you have some people that are just killing it. And what it does is it raises the bar for the rest of the staff. And in the dealerships that I go into day in, day out, there's a huge, huge, huge battle happening inside the dealerships because you'll have one salesperson who's, you know, pushing the personal branding, you know, is selling 30, 35, 40, 45 cars consistently per month. The next person on the chart is at like 12, right? So it kind of forces them to, to kind of, you know, step up the, the bar a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, and let's, so let's, let's, I love what Matt said, and Matt's Matt's right, and that's a that's a that's a way to look at it. You know, successful people, Matt, have a way I think of looking at the glass half full versus half empty, and that's what you just did. And so, what a great what a great point. You know, hey, listen, this is these are the the, the, the you know the in additional sales that are brought to the dealership because of a rock star like this. So let's talk about Matt kind of shift gears a little bit because I think this is what's going to get you guys going. I mean, let's talk about how do you attract Matt as an owner? I mean, you're 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 a sharp guy, you know, you're a, you're a younger owner and you know, but you're relevant and you're kicking tail. How do you attract the the kind of of people that are going to bring uh, uh you know, bring this branding to your dealership? Because I mean, I'm thinking you're going after this kind of person, right? You're looking for people that hey, Treat it like their own business. Isn't that isn't that isn't that the dream of someone like yours, Matt? Oh, I, I agree a hundred percent. And uh, 
I think part of it is is not, uh, you know, just off the subject, but what I think allows it to happen inside of our store is not rushing to take your best salespeople and turn them into managers every day. Sometimes your best mm. salespeople are also your best marketers, and they nurture their clients the best. We kind of flipped it. Some of my best people that I see every single day, their deliveries are on Facebook, and the customers are thanking them and everything else. Well, they're veteran salespeople that are doing that, that 30 cars a month. But I've tied my – I hire – we have this Lasco University. We hire any young kid. We teach him how to do sync. Then 90 days later, he learns how to do BDC. And after he does this, when he's about ready to go sell cars, he spends three months with one of these 30-car salespeople. And he does pictures and Instagrams and everything else down the line. So instead of me fighting it, I kind of embrace it. And in my eyes, what I'm doing is, is all these young people that are working their way up into sales, they're naturally a self-branding salesperson by the time they start to sell cars. Instead of trying to beat, the, beat it into the dinosaur's head, we're developing a culture of it. And then we continue it. I'm on social media. My brother's on social media. Lasco Ford Facebook's on social media. In order to really make the salesperson successfully brand, the company has to tie into them so that that way the whole thing is recognized, and that's what builds their success. You know, Remember, real estate people still have their face on billboards, and they're a single real estate re- representative, not for the company. And I think people are missing that it's okay for a salesperson to do that same thing. Yeah. But let's, let's, keep, let's keep my note here, too, though. As, as GM and owner, here's what you see, and this is a huge mentality thing. Quick little scenario. Uh, I do some workshops here, and, and we have a lot of uh, auto people come out, and I'll do some personal branding workshops. There's one gentleman in the workshop who was very active, very positive, constant ideas, you know, raising the hand, thought it was so good, great energy. Uh, I see the owner about two weeks later. Uh, I noticed that the gentleman wasn't coming back to the workshop, so I, I talked to the owner, and I said, hey, what happened to so-and-so? And he said, well, you know, I have a feeling he's going to leave because, you know, he's really branding himself, and... I really just don't want to invest some money into sending him to the workshop when he's going to be leaving our dealership. That's already a red flag because right there, if I'm the owner, I'm saying, you know, and basically what Matt's saying is, man, I'd love to have this person on my team. And I think it's just a, it's a miscommunication, but I think, I think it's a huge mental uh, joust between, you know, say ownership and people coming in because if you're a younger person, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, Everybody's growing up with the social media. This is natural to, to kind of brand yourself and to talk about what you're doing. On Instagram in the last six months, the highest amount of sign-ups are 40 to 50-year-old females. So you have your mom taking selfies. So it just shows you how, how we're kind of revolutionizing a little bit. Yeah, that's good. And, and, you know, just at the same time, I mean, yeah, I mean, and you, you're say, you hit something, Ryan, there, and I'll go to Mike and Keith, and they can kind of weigh in on this. At the same time, you have these kids growing up, and you said everybody's branding themselves, but okay. My question is, you know, is there a tacky brand? You know, I mean, is everybody? I mean, is don't you have to have content? You know, uh, Mike, is it about your content as well? Like, it's not just about putting your face up there and going. You know, because all of a sudden you draw a crowd, and then you have nothing to say, and then you don't ever draw a crowd again. So, I mean, talk talk a little bit about that in a, in, a, in an age where everybody wants to be, you know, an overnight internet success, right? In all way, shape, or form. Is there, is, there, is there too far on that end, Mike Davenport? Um, no, I think the uh, content's huge. And just like uh, uh, what Keith and Matt said, and, and Matt's all about the brain, which is good, um, but uh, you've got to have the content because that's what keeps people drawn. You know, um, I, do, I do all sorts of goofy things, and, and every time I see stuff, people are like, oh, I love that. You're so funny. You're doing this. You're doing that. 
you know, I, I spent a ton of money on my little Chevy Dude Coke <laughs> logo bottles. That's okay? awesome. You know, and, and I tell you what, it's a great marketing campaign from Coca-Cola because this little bottle costs five bucks. I got this one out of the vending machine that cost me a dollar twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's a great marketing campaign for Coca-Cola as well. So keeping those views relevant and keeping people integrated and see what's he going to do next. And not just so much what's he going to do next uh, and screw up, but what's he going to do that we like or whatnot. I did my video yesterday saying, hey, thanks so much for your business, your referrals, your repeat, blah, blah, blah. And just putting it on Facebook, I've got 537 views. 537 views is nowhere close to anything when you got, you know, hip-hop artists get hundreds of millions and stuff like that. But that's 537 people that knows where I work and knows what I do, and I personally thank them for their business. It's my previous customers that I friended on Facebook, the last 40 customers I sold in the month of June, the 40 people that I friended on Facebook saying, hey, you know what, thank you so much for your business. I appreciate it. It means a lot blah, 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 when they see that, the thought process, the psychological thought process is I help him do that. He's talking to me. It's just like that rock star up on the on the stage when we're all going to rock mm-hmm. concerts and they point out. He's just pointing, but it looks like from you, from where your perspective is, he's pointing at you, and you yeah. go home at the end of the day and say, oh, you know what, so-and-so, uh, that's a band, he pointed at me, blah, 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 he saw me. You know, that's what you have to do, I think, in branding, and that's what makes you uh, you know, somebody put on one of those videos. Is I was a rock star, and I'm not. I'm not a rock star. I'm just. I'm just doing what I need to do um, to make an income for myself, but also um, to make it easier. I mean, you know, we always say work hard or work smart, not hard. And I'll say, and I'll say this as far as the salespeople leaving and hurting the dealership. Um, I think if you create an environment not to leave, um, that that salesperson wouldn't leave. There's not a vendor. And I'm saying this very, very politely. There's not a vendor in the country that can pay me what my dealership pays me and, and work three weeks a month, uh, work 30 to 40 hours a week. There's not a vendor in the country that can pay me what my dealership pays, pays me to do the job that I do. I love what I do, and if you can do that and you brand yourself very, very well, you don't have any, any issues on doing anything. And I think the people who brand themselves are the absolute best in the business that want to see things like I want to see and make life easier. Um, uh, Fran Taylor says, this is his thing, I think, I don't know if you got from anybody else, but he says this, that there's more people out there in the country and in the world looking to buy a car than there is on our best sale day, you know, and that's true. And so I'm just trying to go out there and find those people that are looking for a car and, to, and have an experience that I can provide them. And that's why I think uh, you create that good content is always keeping that content relative, relative to what they're doing and reminding them that, hey, I sell cars, I sell Chevy, I sell this, and then when they know somebody, they send them to you. Yeah, and uh, hey, David, I got a quick thing on content that I just would sure. have, I think would be another thing to add to what Mike's saying, and I just want people to hear it. But mm-hmm. you know, remember, as a salesperson, if you're listening, you're reaching out to your social group. So when it comes to content and making it interactive and making people want to listen, it also has to match your group. I race motocross all the time. I tie in something to do with the ability to use a, a transit van on a dirt bike track or whatever it may be, because I know that I've got 500 guys that I'm friends with on Facebook that ride motocross, right? Mm-hmm. So if a person's bowling and their friends are all in bowling, then do a video that talks about their bowling ball inside their car. But tie it to your group, and you'll get even more success. Hmm. Good. That's great. Yeah, I like that. And to, that, add, to, to add to what uh, Mike was saying, this is T here. Okay. Um, 
you know, I, I've never met Mike. Um, we're just friends on Facebook. Uh, but I can tell when, when you look on Mike's page and with his posts that he's an authentic, transparent person. And that's what your brand has to be. It, it has to be, you know, first and foremost, it has to be authentic. It has to be genuine. And, and it has to be transparent so that people know what your value proposition is and, and, and they know, you know, what you stand for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this business is hard enough as it is with all of our obstacles, and you, you can't make your brand an obstacle in itself, you know. And, and especially in these days and times with all the headlines, it's really easy to go on social media and say something about, a, you know, a hot topic mm-hmm. that may damage your own personal brand. And, you know, we don't need to go into those things, but, you know, it's, it's, it's very mindful. And even Allison, um, you know, at, at Lee Honda, uh, you know, she mentioned it on, on her Facebook that, you know, her Facebook is strictly about cultivating business. And she doesn't talk about, you know, you know controversial issues and social uh, issues and things like that that are hot-button topics now. You know, that's, that's a great thing to remember about your brand is that when you're on Facebook, you should be... You know, mindful of what you put on Facebook, and you know, I've, 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 I'm a living, breathing example of that too. Uh, the brand that we put on Facebook it has to be, you know, transparent and genuine, and, and that's what's going to draw customers um, and 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 your Facebook followers and your friends to buy from you. Yeah. You know, I have something to add to that too. I, I think that with with the personal branding is is you know. Humans, we are the content, and I think everybody gets hopped up over the content. The conduit is the, is the technology. But having said that, I think you, with, with the content, I think people get personal brand and gimmick kind of confused together. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of questions on this. Is you know, Should I have a funky sock, or should I have a monkey on a roof, or should I do this? And it, a personal brand is not a gimmick, and I mean, it, it really does come to that transparency. I'll do little te- little test posts. If I post something that's too self-promotional, I can tell that people are like, Ryan, buzz off. But if I post a smile with a nice little pocket square that I know David's rocking today, and I say, man, you know, I got some great socks for that, David. I mean, you're, you as a human being are going to react to that in such a much more positive way. So I don't think that you have to go out there and create all this pre-made content. I think when it's your personal brand, you just have to show your life. But you've got to show your life in 3D. It's good. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and you, let me do this. We're, we're, we're basically out of time here, but I'm going to give each of you guys a closing, uh, closing thought here. We got a, we basically, we, we, I can't believe it's, f- it's flown by, but we have another panel that's going to be coming on as well. Matt, I'll start with you, and we'll go to um, uh, Matt, then Mike, then we'll go Keith, and then Ryan. We'll let you get the last word. So, Matt, give us your, give us your last word here um, on personal branding, and really just speak, if you would, to both sides. Well, I, I'd say, guys, if, if you're out there and you're dealer and you're questioning it, the, probably the best way to get to uh, protect yourself is to actually get involved. Uh, if you're a salesperson here listening and you can't say that you're doing the things that these guys like Mike are talking about, then you're missing out. Uh, give yourself a chance. There's plenty of opportunity in the social world. We all know there's 5 billion people out in it every day. All you're looking for is a small percentage to go your way. So uh, give, it a, give it a fair shot. Dealers, don't be too, too close-minded on it. If you have someone that seems... Excellent. Allow them to shine. Don't hold them back. Mike? Um, Exactly what Matt said. You know, my thing that I would put out there to to brand yourself is exactly what somebody just said earlier. 
Uh, don't put the crap on Facebook. We don't need to see drama. We don't need to see profile pictures of you drinking. We don't need to see anything happening that is, is outside the car business. Uh, everything on my Facebook as well is business, 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 business. I throw family stuff out there because why? Because our customers are family as well, and they want to see that stuff. You know, I throw out there all the time. My son's a Marine. That's that thing gets that thing gets the most hits out there, and uh, and I'm proud of my son. But also at the same time, I want to showcase that that I've got him and what he's doing doing for our country. And uh, but also I put out there for myself that hey, I'm, I am I am buying cars, but I'm also hitting some demographics as well when I do that. I'm hitting those military people. I got Fort Knox 45 minutes away from me, and nobody likes those dealers around Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. Imagine what I'm doing there. Um, you know, everything I do is branding towards by towards myself and for people to come see me. I was um, been in the business for 15 and a half years, and back in 2001, I started I started for a Saturn store. And I was a Saturn guy, and I had the SaturnGuy.com. So this isn't something that's new to me. I've been doing this for over 15 years of branding myself, and the key is is to be genuine, like somebody said, be transparent. Have fun with it and keep the drama and the, the, the silliness uh, pictures and, and stuff off Facebook. Well said, Mike, and you're doing a great job. Keith? Yeah, um, you know, one of the first things that uh, I was taught in the car business when I first started selling was that I'm the CEO of my own company. And that's the way you have to look at it. I mean, yeah, I don't play, pay the floor plan or, or the dealership advertising, but for my own personal little business, I am the, the chief executive officer. The only thing a dealer really is would would ask you to do when you're personal branding is to you know be there to sell vehicles, not be a celebrity, don't be a distraction, don't accidentally disparage your fellow salesperson when you're talking about yourself, and 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 just you know be genuine and and truthful in in the brand and 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 be in synergy with with the dealership's overall messages and culture as well. Okay, Ryan, we'll give you the last word. Sure, thank you. Um, the number one thing I would say is ultimately above everything, have fun. Uh, you're selling cars, make it enjoyable. Uh, the second thing I would say is uh, be self-aware. Uh, I think people really have to look at themselves, ask themselves a few questions, figure out exactly what they're trying to do, uh, have a message that goes in line with that, have fun with it, but remember you're here to serve, and at the end of the day, the number one component to this is the customer. And customer first, customer first, customer first. And that's all I'd say. Guys, thank you so much, man. It's yep. been amazing. And uh, stick around because we got uh, we got another dealer and a few more automotive sales people coming on. And we want to weigh in on Twitter. If you disagree with something they say or agree, man, let's, let's give them some support. But thank you guys for taking time out of your schedule today and discuss this topic. Thanks for thank you. Me. Thanks so much for having us, guys. No problem, guys. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome, man. Um, you know, I think it was. I think it was. Uh, you know, I think that we're making a turn, and I'm anxious to to get into. Uh, we've got some great personalities. I mean, John Marazzi with Brandon Honda, um, owner and principal there. We have Laura Madison. It's going to be back on. We have Robert Wiseman. Uh, Robert um, is obviously very well branded uh, as a Hyundai guy. Was on the blacktop, and of course now he uh, speaks, and he also uh, is a co-host of Dealer Playbook. Um, very, very. Um, I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. We have Subi, um, you know, and we have Rob uh, Terramino. So Rob is yep. down here in Ferkins, and he's, yep. you know, he's yeah, Bradenton, Florida, and he's um, a car salesman and really does a great job. So I'm interested to hear um, what they have to say as well. And they are the next up, uh, so don't go anywhere. But, you know, Dave, this is a great subject. It's a great topic, man. It's awesome. And I'm just, you know what I'm so excited about the second panel is because 
I actually have a chance to ask the questions that I didn't get to ask in the first panel. Yeah, yeah. Normally, <laughs> when it's over, it's over. You, if yeah. you didn't get your questions in, it, you're it, done. Absolutely. But I'm hey. sure they were listening. I'm sure they went away in on some others. So, so gonna be cool. we're gonna we're gonna be bringing them on. But right now, we're gonna go to a couple of minutes of uh, commercials uh, by our amazing sponsors here. Uh, don't go anywhere. Listen on Twitter right now. Listen, we're giving away in case you just came in. Hashtag Auto Dealer Live. You must use the hashtag. We're using a software that's actually registering. Uh, influencers, our top influencer today will win a free, full brand makeover, and and we will do. We'll go. We'll, it's, we're going to spare no expense, and we're going to go out. We're going to just. We're going to bring it big, man. And, get your, and get your hair did. Get your hair did. Get your nails oh. did. Hey, listen. Here's. <laughs> we're going to. We're going to also reveal that brand and bring you on the show, and let that be revealed to our show. Uh, to our audience, so it's going to be a really cool That's deal. Gonna but we're going to get, yeah, man, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. I've seen you on here over here tweeting because you want to get it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> hey, I need this a makeover. Don't. <laughs> I, yeah, I need one. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Here's a great word from our sponsors. Hello, I'm Alan Ram, president and founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions. Let's face it, good managers are defined not by what they do when they have a showroom full of customers, but more by what they do when there are no customers in the showroom. In 2015, whether you like it or not, the car business is all about conversion of opportunities and driving traffic. All those great closers and desk people are not doing you a whole lot of good if your dealership is not converting effectively on the telephone and internet. As an owner or dealer, when you see five salespeople standing by the front door doing nothing, don't kid yourself, your dealership is not being effectively managed. Management by Fire is a two and a half day intensive course conducted entirely by me that teaches managers how to effectively manage in today's automotive industry. Simple processes for driving high-quality traffic. For more information on upcoming events, please call my team at 866-996-4665. Once again, 866-996-4665. Thank you. And we're back. We're back here. The show where dealers go. And it's part two. It's part two of personal branding. Have you gone too far? You're on the ledge. And I'll push the next, you off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, the next, next up, the next up is our second panel. We've part got, well, yeah, part two, part dose. 
We've got uh, dealer John Marazzi on the line. We've got Laura Madison, Robert Wiseman, Subi Ghosh, and Rob Tormino. Welcome to the show, everybody. How you doing, guys? Hello. Well, we see Robert, man. How are you? Robert is standing, like, amazingly still. I'm not moving, man. Yeah, you're not moving, man. I mean, that's talent right there, brother. (laughs) Well, Robert, you know... um, you're new to the show. You weren't on our last uh, our last panel, so I want to start start with you and uh, just kind of give us your take because you've been in this position, Robert. You've been working in a store as a salesperson. You branded yourself, became a real well-known brand um, as your Hyundai guy, and now you've gone on to do some other things. But give us your take. What what do you think about this personal branding? Uh, well, I think that I mean initially, I mean it's something that. You know, whether you're actively doing it or not, in my opinion, you're, you're doing it because, you know, you're building a brand regardless whether you're doing it by accident or on purpose because it's basically the perception that people have of you before they have a direct experience with you. So that being said, it's like you can either be like just another car salesman or you can be, you know, perceived by everybody else the way that you put out there for them to perceive you. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. It does. Basically that... taking control of it because you got it regardless. Well, yeah, and I want to get, I want to come back to you in a minute too, Robert, because um, you were doing it when it was a little harder to do in, in some ways because, um, you know, I mean, today it's really easy with social media. I mean, there's so many different things that are at your fingertips. And uh, I want to go to, I want to go to um, Subi. And, um, and hi, Subi. And, uh, you know, I said this a couple of weeks ago on the show, and uh, it was funny because Jim Ziegler tweeted back and said uh, that, uh, that his name, Ziegler, was also, you know, like, like a, like a like one, like a, yeah, yeah, you one word brand. Like a one word brand. But yeah. Subi, I mean, you say it in our industry, and, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a brand. And, uh, and so, Subi, talk about this and weigh in, weigh in on this, and then we're going to go to John, too, because I want to hear a dealer's perspective. But talk, talk about the, the, the goods, the bads, the do's, the don'ts, Subi, because you're, you're talking to a lot of people, and you probably see a lot of things that people shouldn't do as well, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and like um, Robert just said, for me personally, when I was kind of coming up in the industry, I didn't realize that I was building a brand, so um, obviously I'm a little lucky that my name stands out as something that isn't really used a lot in the industry. I think I'm the only Subi, um, so that helps, but I think people have to be aware of themselves and what they put out there, like the previous panel just said, but when we're talking about do's and don'ts, people want so badly to build a brand that they don't realize that they have to fully grasp fully grasp um, what that brand really means and what they stand for. And you got to kind of, I feel like a lot of people in this industry create a brand really, really quickly. And then they become the fun people to be around because they're not giving something really relevant. Hello, Robert. Um, But we need to stop talking at people because whether we're in sales or whether we're on the vendor side, whatever in the automotive industry, when you're trying to build a brand, a lot of, there are a small percentage of people in the industry on the sales side that want to create a brand and 
still do anything to put anything out there to get that attention. But that's what people will see you as, the person who gets attention. So we need to stop being billboards and start being people. Start talking with people. Start communicating and um, be authentic, be real, because if you aren't, it's really, really transparent. People see through that, and then you're just the person that people want to include on the conversation but don't really want to hear what you have to say. And so on the sales side, if you build a brand of this kitschy thing or that, um, like what we were talking about, like the, the kooky little sayings and all, then mm-hmm. you're just that person. But if you give real value that there is a reason to do business with you, I know that one person can completely change a culture. One person can make all the difference to that dealership. And even if you don't have the buy-in now, mm-hmm. as long as you get the permission to brand yourself from your dealer and you give them that confidence that you're going to bring it back. Like Allison at Lee Honda was on the last one, and she mm-hmm. made a deal with her dealer principal. I'm going to brand myself but I'll do it as Lee Tonda. Not everybody wants that. It's not going to work for everyone. But as long as you have some sort of agreement Mm -hmm. and you go at it that way, you're building something unique. And and I'm sad that Elise couldn't be with us, but that's exactly what she did. She gave her customers unique. Well, let me let me let me ask John this. Let me ask John Marazzi this because John I, I, Subi just brought up a great great point, and I want to get your perspective on that. And are there, are, you know, John? And when John and I were talking about coming on the show, he said this is you know this is not my area of ex- expertise, but let me tell you, in in my opinion, living here in the Tampa Bay area where John is, I mean, he's single handedly branded. Brandon Honda, and matter of fact, his dog, Zeus. I mean, people in Brandon and Tampa area know his dog's name, for goodness sake. And uh, so, John, you're doing a great job, and the store is killing it. But, John, are there rogue – Subi hit it right on the head. I love that. Are there rogue examples? Are there examples? Are there cowboys out there, you know, that, that, that need to rein it in some? Is, I mean, talk from a dealer's perspective, and, and, and let's go that direction a little bit. And I know Laura's already shaking All right, her head. Um... You know, the, the one concern that the – I know you got salespeople listening to this and car dealers and managers. Uh, the one concern is that almost – if you go back and look at all the promoters in history and you look at all the top salespeople that did a tremendous job promoting their brand – the motivation behind that, unfortunately, is for them and not that specific dealership. And most of those promoters want to go into management. They want to be an entrepreneur or they want to advance their career, and you can't blame them for that. But the dealers got to be cognizant of really what's going on. When they start talking to industry groups and they get invited to panels and they start going to events, ultimately what happens is they get hired away and, and that dealership loses that opportunity. So the one thing I will point out is that who owns that customer? And if and the answer has to be the dealership. The dealership invested the capital to buy the blue sky, the franchise, the building. Uh, they pay the bills. They're responsible for the employees. So we don't necessarily let our people brand themselves um, and 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 back them with a whole lot of money, but we brand them uh, from our dealership. So we do things that could be easily reversed if they one day say, I want to leave and go pursue this opportunity with this startup tech company, or I want to go on a speaking tour, or whatever that is. So, you know, I could give you some specifics about what we do, but everything is reversible should that person leave the store. Does that make sense? 
Yes, and I'm, I I don't know which one of these guys want to. I I I and, and I'm yeah, an owner. I got it. I would like to, I see uh, hand to raised. comment on that. Okay, go ahead, Robert. Okay, so first off, with me, it's like I recommend out there for everybody to go rogue. Like I'm gonna wait till they tell me not to do something before I, <laughs> you know, after the fact. That's what's gonna determine it for me because it's my entity. What is it? What dealer that gets it is going to care if I'm spending my money, my resources, and my energy to bring traffic in to buy cars from me? Next, the uh, when it, when you when you say like that, the, they start working the speak uh, the speaking circuit. They they go into uh, tech startups, whatever. You know, uh, you know, you me and uh, Cyril, we have this conversation all the time. It's like. That's such a small percent. A lot of them are going to build their brand. They're not necessarily building their brand within the automotive community. They're building it within their own community, trying to become an influencer, which then, like, you know, their connections are better with the people, and, and that's what it's about. You look at them different. It's not a product or a service when you're, you know, a local influencer, but that's, you know what I mean, talking about cars or, or how to buy cars, whatever, you know, something along those lines. And, and, if the salesperson's there and they're giving them, like the good salesperson's going to leave and call up all the customers he sold a car to, whether he has a brand or doesn't, or whatever you want to call it. Okay, so it, it comes down to the loyalty of that consumer. Is are they loyal with that person, or are they are they are they coming to the dealer anyway? And if they're spending the money to bring in these customers, you know, I'm, it is theirs. Yeah, yeah. But I and and I certainly. Uh get that that point of view i'm gonna go to laura because i know laura hasn't weighed in yet she's probably chomping at the bits and and i'm gonna kind of pick up where uh where john left off in a sense and and just say um you know because obviously laura you were a, a huge success at your dealership and um and you know you eventually left for an opportunity and i don't necessarily think that that is a negative um i think we need to also reflect on uh, your the commitment level, the commitment that you had for year after year, and you didn't go to a competing dealership across the street. So um, there's some points there, but I think from John's perspective, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Laura, isn't there isn't there a certain amount of um, you know in input that an owner of a business should have when it comes to his employees that are on this self-branding and, and, and Robert mentioned rogue and rogue is a scary term to a business owner. So maybe weigh in on that. But I'm not, yeah, that, but it. I'm only marketing me, not the dealership myself. Yeah, I understand. Sorry, Laura. Awesome. Well, at the risk of um, getting punched in the face by Robert Wiseman, I, I certainly want to at least Because I'm a beat, I'm woman gonna... beater. <laughs> um, I, I want to acknowledge that if I were doing a video, like you know, you guys know that the probably the largest component of my personal brand was videos. If I were doing a video walk around of the 2015 Highlander, I have to recognize, like John has mentioned, that that was the dealer that brought that inventory in to allow me to do that video. You know, I can't just sit here and say this is my brand, it's my business, it's myself. I do have to respect you know, the powers that be that are in place. 
allowed me to like come into the world as this part of a personal brand. So what I think there is, what I think there exists, is a marriage between the dealer and the personal branding. Because we have to look at why personal branding is so effective, and it's very frankly because people like dealing with people. We know that. We know that people want human connections, and that's why personal branding is so effective. That's why Robert Wiseman can kill it, you know, in Maryland. And that's why people came and bought for me from... Right. Did we lose her audio? Well, she, she, uh, she's, yeah, her audio cut out. We can still see her. So, really quick, let All me. All right. Go. So, listen to what here's the thing, real quick, real quick. If, if, Sorry, I lost you guys there. Can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah go ahead. You, the last thing we heard you say yeah. was you could kill it, and then we yeah, go ahead, where you killed it at. Yeah, and so I guess what, I, what I'm trying to really say is that there's not one way to do it. You know, if, if somebody, if a dealer wants to try and capitalize on the why, on that we know that this is effective, then let's host a lot of the personal branding products on sites that the dealership can control. So let's make a really stellar blog that's accessible from the dealer's homepage that's going to allow salespeople to upload their own blog and guest posts and allow them to sign off with a quick message and a photo. Let's have the dealership YouTube page be a combination of different personal branding videos that the salespeople have that say, hey, I'm Laura with this Toyota dealership. Here's what I want to show you, and ultimately I hope you come and see me when you're in the market for a vehicle. I don't really understand why we can't find a marriage there. Does that fly to you, John? John, does does something like that fly to you? Yeah, I mean, she's spot on. The, the problem with a lot of dealers are, are still not up to date on, you know, what social media is and how it works and how they can help their salespeople brand. Um, we do specific things. For instance, we're a dealer rater dealer, so as reviews come in and reputation management, we broadcast those all everywhere people can see, which shows individual salespeople and their reviews that they got. Now, uh, we also do a uh, our, our uh, database software with driving loyalty. We market to our salespeople's customers from our salespeople with their photo, with their personal contact info, and every one of our salespeople have a call tracking number that goes directly to their personal mobile. With the call tracking number, we're you know obviously protected that if that person chooses to leave, whether it's deal rate or call tracking or our database mining, they could be easily deleted. And and once again, I, I want to reiterate, I don't blame people for trying to better their career and do things with their life and achieve great things. I'm just uh, strictly talking from a dealer's uh, perspective oh, to I'm protect our Yeah. And, and then the last thing is, there's a lot of technology out there right now that does it for you. There's a product out there called Spark which is a um, a Facebook product where the salespeople can literally take a photo of them and the customer. The customer accepts it. It posts on both the customer's Facebook, our Facebook, and then they get likes from their people, which earns them rewards. And then an individual letter gets sent to that each one of the people that like it, introducing that salesperson. So there's tons of technology out there right now that can do a lot of the things we're talking about without somebody randomly going on their own personal Facebook and trying to promote. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that's bad. 
but there has to be some rules and and some you know some understandings before that's done. Okay, Subi, uh, let's go to you. Why don't you weigh in? Well, your face is your hey, face. Hey, but before you, real quick, she, I saw your <laughs> face. I saw emotions a, on my face. I saw a face on Spark. <laughs> I saw a face on Driving Loyalty, and I saw a face on uh, the um, the. Uh, I saw a face on a couple things. Your really cool faces, and you watch it back. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually have known John Marazzi long before he even like. I didn't even know who he was physically. My old GM was in his 20 group. So every time he went to a 20 group, he'd come back saying, look at what John Marazzi is doing. We have to do this. And I have a ton of respect for him. There's nobody that does loyalty marketing better. Um, but I, I'm going to have to disagree here, uh, and I hope he doesn't. We lost you. We lost you. There you go. Oh, okay, See what happens when you disagree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Marazzi needs you. Power, the power of John. So go ahead. We said I hate uh, to disagree, but then we now go ahead. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes, we can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, there's there's a lot of different ways to do it. I was very very blessed to have dealers who completely supported me because I also feel like that has something to do with me. They recognized fully that I was a loyal person. I wasn't building a brand to build a brand. I wasn't speaking at automotive conferences because I wanted to jump ship and go to something better. I was, I was doing it because I genuinely wanted to share and wanted to move this industry forward because if we did that, then it was helping us. It was helping us influence our customers. And so I was a personal branding in the sense of... <laughs> can you yeah. hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Subi. Okay. It's not like you're, uh, we're cutting in and out. We're cutting in and out, Subi. Subi's it coming. might be your head. Yeah, our producer's saying it's your here's, headset. Here's my last thing that I want to say, if I may. Sure. Because i got to get this out. That if I'm a sales, <laughs> if I'm a salesperson, I can't rely on the on a dealership to help me brand because, like, they're barely, all due respect, they're barely doing a decent job at branding their own, their multi-million dollar company. So, you know, they're not going to give me what, you know, what it needs. Like creatively today is more than posting pictures with customers on a Facebook and sending emails with their picture and stuff in it. That's the emails pretty much probably, I hate to say it, spam, you know, so it's just, that, 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 that's doing nothing. That's not accomplishing, you know, getting them to that influencer level. Because that's where the power happens. That's when you're not selling a product or a service, and they just come in and just have a pill. They bring a pillow with them. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe, um, and I understand what you're saying, uh, Robert. Um, and that might be a little. Some of the dealers may feel that you're you're stereotyping a little bit or generalizing. But um, in in the case of John, and and John can correct me, but. Um, you know, in the case of John, I, I feel like, you know, first of all, we know that John does an amazing job because he has amazing results, and you can't argue yeah. with those. At the end of the day, the, the results, the results, the results, <laughs> the results, the results went out. But I think what John has done is he's put things in place in support of helping salespeople brand. However, his expectation is that he kind of maybe oversees the general strategy as the owner and operator of the dealership. Would I be correct in that, John? 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, if your salespeople are making money, they're going to stay. If you treat them with respect, they're going to stay. If you provide them with the right opportunities and the right environment to make money, they will stay. Um, we do that. And, and um, you know, I certainly understand a lot of dealers don't, and that, that would frustrate a salesperson. But, you know, ultimately, like, like Subi said, um, you know, she wasn't out to build a brand with her speeches and all, or wasn't out to uh, do anything but help our industry. But ultimately, she's not at that dealership she worked at previously. And if you look at, my only point is, if you look at the people that are out there that have really made a name for themselves, they've moved on. They're with tech startups, or they're speaking in conferences, or they're working with groups or trainers. And once again, I don't blame them for that. My only point is, the branding that's done on behalf of the salespeople has to be easily reversed. And, and you know... Um, you know, some of the things we do, you know, it's frequency, it's impressions, it's getting your name out in front of people. I, you know, if if there's a lot of people that would argue TV doesn't work, but look at some of the most popular uh, highest selling dealership, they're still doing TV. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah. a, it's a litany of items, whether it's email marketing. I mean, we're gigantic in the digital. We, we do digital display ads from our salespeople to their customers and hit them with display 20 times a month per salesman. So there's there's ways to yeah, there's ways to do it. You just got to make sure that if one day that gentleman or that female says, "Hey, I, I want to leave," you can pull you you can pull those ads so they're not out there, Brandon. That's hey, Sue, that's my only point. Subi, Subi, real quick, real quick. I just I have to. Rob, are you there? Rob Tormino. Yeah, I'm ready. I can't get no love over here, man. Everybody's just. <laughs> well, Rob, Rob, we apologize, Rob. You're... I, I want to say, let me, Rob, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you answer this, and you're not a dealer, but I got to say this because I, I, I want to just add to this, John. I mean, I guess this is for John and you, but Rob, we got to let you speak here. So, John, I mean, is there a dealer out there, Rob? Is there a dealer? I mean, you're a salesperson, but I guess my question is, an owner, and I believe me, I mean, I don't want to be crucified on either side. I, because I, I kind of see both sides. I mean, yeah, I really I do. do. But as an owner, I mean, there is a certain risk and liability as well. I would say to somebody that went, no fence, Robert, go rogue. I'd say, okay, well, go open your own business. Like, you know, I mean, you know, if, if it, because it costs a lot of money to open. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, a dealership is not like everybody can just go start a dealership, right? So there's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of liability. There's a lot of cash. So, I mean, I know, John, that that, I don't know if you were wanting to say that or not, but that kind of came to my mind. But, Rob, what do you think about that? You're, you're working for the Ferkins Automotive Group down in Bradenton. You're a rock star. What's your opinion? Well, I mean, I, I, I've seen this all from, and, and I don't want to blow Robert Wiseman's head up, but, I mean, I didn't know of Nancy Hondi until I started seeing Robert Wiseman on the Internet. I mean, he just, he, he made that company money. I don't care how you look at it. He brought people into that business by his, by his website, by his Facebook, by his Twitter. I and mean, he almost has as many Twitter followers as me. I'm hoping he catches up, but I know he's not, uh, he's not on the, on the blacktop executive team anymore. But, uh, <laughs> um, he, I mean, the guy's done a fantastic job. And I actually reached out to him several times, um, and, and asked him how he did things. And you know what? He divulged everything he did. He was open to helping the salesman out. He put he hooked me up with a authentic link uh, to send video messages. So I mean, I think that you're making the dealership money, and you're putting in sixty, seventy hours a week sometimes 
bringing them yeah. customers into them. I mean, that that's the cheapest advertisement they could ever ask for. We spent twenty thousand dollars a month just on newspaper and TV ads. So if a guy's out there personally, if Kurt, guys personally brand himself, bringing them, making them money, bringing deals that would never happen. I didn't know Massey Hondi until I heard of Robert Wiseman. So I mean, if I was up in that area and I was looking there. for a Right, and if I was still looking for a Hyundai, and I was in that area, I I would go to the dealership just because I've seen all Robert Wiseman's videos, not knowing that he's not right there or not. Wide open too, man. I grew yeah. Up. yeah, you think you would. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's let's go back to Subi. Let's go back to Subi. I don't want to scare dealers because there are multiple ways to do this. You have the dealers that have things in place that work for them, and but. I've been on I've been on both sides. I was a sales director at my last dealership, and I didn't leave because I wanted to. I'm super loyal, and I wouldn't have left had the decision not been made for me by poor culture. So it goes both ways. Um, but anyway, there are multiple ways to do it. You can still have things in place and have rules and regulations and still allow people to brand themselves to bring in those customers. I mean, if, if people are going to go out there and tout uh, and preach about how how amazing your dealership is and how the sale is going to be different with them and they're going about experience. People want to do business with people. They don't want to do business with a brick and mortar. And um, Brandon and Honda, they do it amazingly. They show people that right from go, but there's so many dealers who don't have that culture, so you have to make it yourself sometimes. And I'm going to completely disagree that the majority of people building a brand for themselves are doing it to... Um, just fill the brand and get, get into the industry yeah. because because there are t- there, first of all first of all you can't make as much money in the vendor world as you do in the dealership world and I think everybody knows that you really can't unless you get really really lucky and you find a really great but you know Kevin the Jeep guy all, there's all these really great people doing it right and I don't want to scare dealers out of letting people do that and bring in that business because social media. Well, it's I'm not. If, if I could today. just, if I could just interrupt, I'm not just talking about vendors. When you become a brand and you become a respected speaker, and people start to hear what you do, what happens is guys like me call you on the phone and say you need to be working for me. Right. And and we give you a and we give you a sign on. I'm staying yeah. with you. John, and we give you a sign-on bonus, and we hire you, and and that's that was my only point there. Yeah. Right. John, let me ask there you. There is th- nothing that anybody could have offered me to make me leave my old GM, and there's nothing that you can offer me today. Nothing, and I've gotten offers. I, I will not leave my company. I love them. So if you find people like that, you find people that are super loyal. You're not going to have that problem. Well, you look at you look at the history of all the people that were, you know, great speakers and presenters and all the conferences. You can there's hundreds of them that have left that particular, and it, and it's even for a management job. It it could be another dealer as a manager where they didn't give you the opportunity to advance, but somebody else did. So that's the and I'm not saying that a salesperson shouldn't promote their, themselves and their brand. What I am saying is the dealer just needs to make sure it's done in a way that's reversible if that, that person should leave. John, that's John, all. John, I agree with that. John. Let me Absolutely. ask. Let me ask you this final question, John, and we'll get everyone uh, to uh, give a closing comment, but. John, if you if you had someone that came in and and just totally blew it up with self branding, like some of these 
uh, rock stars have done in their own in their own rights. If, if you had someone come in and you knew ahead of time that they were going to spend four years at your store and just mm-hmm. absolutely bring you a ton of business, and then at the end of the four years you were ultimately going to lose them, would it be worth it? I guess that's the question. Well, there are a lot of hypotheticals there. <laughs> there's no guarantees in life that that they're going to stay to four years, and there's no guarantees that they're going to be a rock star. Um, you know, the, the I I appreciate somebody that has the the wherewithal and and the ambition to want to be the best at what they're currently doing. And it, and as a sales professional, it's not easy out there dealing with today's consumer. And and culture of your average car dealership. So I totally respect that. What I would do is I would partner with them and help them be successful. I just went through it with one of my best guys here, who is a tremendous closer salesman, but a terrible paperwork uh, active delivery guy. We hired him a, an assistant to help him to get to where he needs to be and paid a portion of that extra expense. So. Uh, we're we're pretty we're open minded to helping top achievers achieve more. Um, you just gotta be you just gotta make sure that they're doing it in a ethical, transparent, moral, professional way that won't come to hurt you down the line. That that was my Laura. only point. Laura, Laura, That's give right. us your Laura, Bottom give us your. Line, they don't make them like John Morazzi a lot. In this industry, yeah, yeah, that's problem. Thank they, you, girl. They, Good for Laura, you, John, man. Congrats. You're doing an awesome job. Yeah, he is, man. You are. And, you know, awesome. Laura, I'm going to go with you, Laura, and let you give a closing remark, and then we'll go to Subi, Robert, and then we'll let Rob um, wrap it up. And thank you, uh, thank you, John, for, for that. Go ahead, Laura. Yeah, I just want to circle back around to what was said a little earlier, which is that whether it's whether you're trying to or not, you're creating a personal brand. Everybody, most everybody has Facebook, you know, they have Twitter, they have some sort of social media, and their brand exists. And and I think John's on to something that when the, with the people, dealers need to recognize the people that want to utilize this and really help them and assist them and certainly make it transparent and make it passionate because, again, people want to deal with people. And this branding is happening, again, whether it's delivered or not. So I think it's just really important that as an industry, we move forward from the what could go wrong and we move into the what the hell can we do about it. Because I think it's ready to take, we're ready to take action. We know that social media is effective. We know that people like dealing with people. And we know that there are salespeople that will stick around if they feel like, you know, the, their efforts and their time has been worth it in this business. So I think we just need to move into the how now. Uh, Subi, before, and, and Subi, I want to, not that I want to take this a whole different direction, but I want to add one thing in, in, in your closing remark. I mean, maybe it's not about money, because I mean, I agree with you, you know, um, it, it, I, I actually agree that sometimes money is not the issue, but I disagree that you can make more money in the vendor side. However, but passion. John said something, well, it, it, John said something, uh, John alluded to people going outside of it and doing speaking and so forth, which all you guys do, <laughs> you know, except for Rob. But, I mean, the thing is, is it's about passion. For instance, I think, John, it may not be maybe about money as much, even though money follows your passion, but it could be about passion. You guys are passionate about educating people and teaching them, so that became you became more passionate about that than you did staying in a dealership. So either way, I mean, in your closing remarks, I mean, would you concede at all that that's, there's got to be a marriage in some degree, some, some case, you know, because, um, go ahead. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think that you need to, you need to have that conversation. I mean, 
I believe in, in a little bit of what Laura said with a little bit of what Robert said in the sense that I am someone who likes to take on responsibility before I ask for it to prove it to them because I was in some situations where they didn't see the value. So I had to kind of just take it and do it and then show them afterwards. Um, but, I, but you also have to have those conversations with your dealers. You don't want to just start going rogue and um, branding yourself and not asking for permission today. When Robert was starting, that's the only thing that you could do. But now it's, it's a topic that we can have that conversation about, I think. You can prove to them that it's necessary um, to get there. But, uh, yeah, for me, money isn't the greatest motivator. I know in car sales I'm kind of crazy. But um, for me, it's, it's being a part of something. It's being a part of a team and and being valued and having a voice. And those are the things that made me a a super loyal person in my last dealership. But as for closing remarks, I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. But um, as for you. okay, okay, as for um, closing remarks, uh, I think a few years ago we were asking people to go out and build a book of business on the sales floor. Right? We were we were telling them to go out to community events. We were telling them to here's the ha- uh, here's the phone book. Start calling people because you need to bring in traffic yourself. How is using social media for that? any different. It's the same thing. In today's world, in order for you to reach that community, to be a part of that community, drive traffic in as a salesperson representing the business, social media is the way to do it. And branding yourself to make yourself different and unique to that. Right. You cut out for a second. (laughs) Go ahead. I promise you we're not doing it. (laughs) No. Uh, Robert, we'll see if Subi's your mic back. Is there, is, it might, it's something to do with their headset and signal. But, Robert, go ahead, and we'll see if Subi comes back here and we'll let her finish. Closing. I mean, now don't get me wrong. When I say rogue now, I wouldn't be using dealerships' logos and their information without their permission because, like, technically, probably I wouldn't even be using that, you mm-hmm. know, um, because it's not about, again, it's not about selling the car or the service, right? It's about selling you yourself. Um, and just like, you know, dealerships like rainmakers, you know? So if you're in there making it rain opportunities and deals that you're spending the money to bring in, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than probably that the 400 or $500 per, per, uh, dollars per deal that they're paying to get somebody in. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it's... But again, it, it, you've got to be careful with, with brand, with logos and using their entities, mm-hmm. you know? That's good. But I think just, just do it until they're told you're not to. <laughs> Push the envelope. Push the envelope. And that's not a bad – I mean, honestly, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it may not be a bad strategy. So, okay, Rob, we'll let you get, uh, we'll let you get your closing remarks in. All right. What I think is um, – and I'm going to use something from, from Grant Cardone, and Wiseman's a big Grant Cardone fan too. But you have to go out there and dominate your space. And the dealership is amongst all the other dealerships. You have to go stand out for yourself and not on the dealership level. You've got to stand out for you and your family to break your way out of the middle class and just totally excel. So I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, branding yourself, and I'm never going to ask for permission. And I've never had my owner come up to me and say, you can't do that, because he loves when I bring customers into him. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that's all I got. And Subi, is your mic back on, Subi? Hey, can we hear you? I think, yeah, I think we just did. And one thing I'll say about Grant Cardone, though, because I think I know John's a client of Grant's, and you know Grant's been on our show, and Robert, all of us. But I, I tell you this, Grant brands Grant. 
Um, there's not, I don't, I don't hardly, I, other than a couple of people I talk to, I don't really know too many names of his employees. I will say that too on a side note, Rob. I mean, Grant, I don't think Grant will, Grant won't even, you know, so Grant does brand Grant. I mean, um, yeah, well, that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I heard Jared the other day. Jared Glenn is VP of sales. It was on Periscope with Grant. And someone said, Jared, when are you going to get a show? And he said, when I'm 41. And so, and so I don't know. I guess that's, I think that was like a, that was like a. I think we need to bring. Hey, Robert, thank you, man. I think we need to bring Jared Glenn on. I think Jared Glenn needs to be on the next show. There you go. Subi, I hope your mic's on, Subi. I'm going to give you the final word, if it is. Can you hear me? We can hear yes. you. Okay. Um, I don't know how much you heard, but I feel passionately about the whole white pages phone book thing because um, in, in today's world we we ask people to build their book of business and we we don't give them the, the culture and we don't give them the, the foundation they need to be able to do that as salespeople to go out and, and bring people in. So I don't know how much of that you heard, but um, did you hear that at all? Yes. Yeah, yeah. we heard that. I don't want to repeat myself. No, we heard that. Yeah, and if you if you do that, if you give them a right culture and you support them the way Don Marazzi is doing, but also see what's right for your company. If you can do that company wide and be fine with it, then then go ahead and do it. I'm all about you know being able to have redundancies and make sure that they can't just walk away with all these materials. So have the rules in place, but support them. And a lot of a lot of dealerships could use a few people like. Kevin the Jeep guy and, you know, Mike the car guy and Laura drives and those personalities that are going to drive traffic to the dealerships that maybe aren't as big and could use that kind of grassroots effort. So don't get scared and, and, and lean into it. And if you need help, contact me or Laura. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> guys, you guys, thank you so much for being on. And, and uh, Subi, I know you. You're going to be on CB in a, in a, in a couple of weeks, but um, with some with some I other am. ladies. But just real quick, yeah. just so dealers can take advantage of it now. Um, talk, tell us when your conference is next month because it's going to be amazing. And yeah. uh, it is August 18th to the 20th in Orlando. Uh, you can go to www.womeninautomotive.com. You can follow me at CB101 or or at Women in Auto Co. Um, and we'll get you all the information you need right now at 249 for a buy one get one offer. So you can have two people there for $249. It's in Orlando, right? Go to another conference in Orlando. In Orlando. Yeah, awesome. you can't awesome. go to another conference and that is jam packed with the amount of talent we have. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And I know Laura's got some big things coming up in September as well with some training. So, guys, I thank you so much. John, thank you. Yeah. Rob, thank you guys. Um, Robert Wiseman, thank you guys for being on the show today and taking time out of your schedule. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, man. That was awesome. That was good stuff. And it just <laughs> makes you want to keep talking about it because, you know what, they, yeah. these guys really have such great knowledge. And, you know, they're all right, but there's just, there is there's just there is no really right you know, I mean, I think I believe in doing something versus nothing. But then I get John's point. And the thing is, here's the, the thing we can we could we could debate this until we're until we're exhausted. But there has to be a marriage because until manufacturers start awarding dealerships to individuals. Right. You know what I'm saying? There has sure. to be a marriage. Sure. You know, and, and then John does have a point that, you know, there are a lot of people that have jumped onto the vendor side where I think Subi is honestly passionate and that's her driving force. And if she's an honest person, there are, are others that maybe did it for the money, did it for the opportunity, 
And there may be some that are following suit, thinking I can get my gig there. And they're, you know, so it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good topic. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. What do you think? I, well, I, you know, I could argue both sides. Like, it's just kind of like you said, you know, I could really take an argument from the dealer's perspective. And I could also argue from the salesperson's perspective. I can tell you as a dealer, I would want to have a say in how my business is being branded, period. But as a salesperson, I would find it difficult to work for myself because <laughs> I would not want any restraints. See, I, I'm a different. I, I, from a dealer standpoint, would want to have a say as well. From a employee standpoint, I would probably be more like Laura Madison. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, uh, then again, I couldn't work for too many people in my early on age because I didn't understand why that it was I had you know that I was an entrepreneur and it was just difficult for me to do that. But I think I'd be I'd I'd want to think I would be like Laura Madison because I think there's some boundaries and you know yeah and there has to be I learned how how much process matters. So uh, anyway, very good topic. Uh, weigh in on Twitter. Listen, it's not over yet. At five thirty, we're going to announce the winner of our uh, free brand makeover. Hashtag Auto Dealer Live. Uh, don't miss upcoming shows. We want to thank you for hanging out with us for a few minutes longer and uh, let the guys know what you thought of them on the show today and how much you appreciate him taking time out of the schedule. Um, the next up is what road? What road? <laughs> what road? What next road week, man. <laughs> it's, it's, there's all kinds of roads. We're going to pick that discussion back up again. Have a good weekend. Have a happy 4th of July. Yes, happy, happy 4th birthday, of July. Happy birthday, America. Red, white, and blue, baby.